Okay, we are learning that Ayn Vav, and just to recap what's going on here. So we have a machlok, it's in Rebbe Lezer and the Rabbanon, if a husband can be made for Nidarim before the wife took them. So Rebbe Lezer advances a very interesting Kabbalah Homer. He says that it could be done, because if the Torah gives the husband the right to annul another and revoke it after it already is in effect, the prohibition is here, then all the more so the husband has the ability to be made for the neder before it was taken. It's a Kabbalah Homer. And the Gemara tries to understand what exactly is the Kabbalah Homer. Is the Kabbalah Homer trying to say that if one is able to remove a neder, then one is able to prevent a neder? And therefore, what happens when the wife would then go ahead and take the neder is it, would, it, would, it wouldn't be chal at all. It would be a meaningless statement. There would be no neder that goes in effect because it's, 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 it's already been set in advance from the outset of, the, of, of, of before, before she even really makes the neder that she cannot. The other way of looking at it is that, no, it's an act of removal. Hafar is always an act of removal. Just he's, he's, he's setting up that it will be removed right away. So the neder that she takes will then go in effect. Just the, the removal will then go in effect right away. And it's a very subtle difference. The subtlety is practically whether or not the nether is taking effect and going away or not going into effect at all. And Mara's like, well, why, why would we care? We would care, you know, if somebody uh, tried to connect themselves to the nether or the, the wife. They said, you know, she said, I'm a Nazir, and somebody else says, I'm like her. So if her nether was, in fact, a real cabal of Naziris, so then the other person would be a Nazir as well. Whereas if it was re- the, the, it revoked in the sense that it was prevented from ever being an acceptance of a nether, then... Uh, then it would never take effect. So that's where the Gemara is kind of back and forth on this. So we, right at the end yesterday, we tried to bring a proof from a Brisa. The Rabbanon are, are saying back to Rabbi Lezer, and it's not clear what the Rabbanon disagree with. In the Mishnah, it sounds like the Rabbanon disagree with, they love a Pasuk, Yishai Kemenu, Yishai Ferenu, that only another that you can, that you can, you're able to confirm, are you able to remove? Another which you cannot confirm, you cannot remove. And just as you cannot confirm an adder before it is taken, so you cannot remove an adder before it is taken. However, we see now in the bride, so that it's not, they're also the Rabbanon attack Rabbi Lezer with a lot of svaras, a lot of, uh, play, you know, from bringing from other sources, other areas in Allah, whether or not you could prevention and, and, and removal of the same thing, so on and so forth. So the bride was talking about a mikvah versus a person. A mikvah is matar something which is tame, but if you if you put something in a mikvah which is tar, it, there's no protective power from it be, accepting tumah. There's no such halacha you can't accept tumah in the, in a mikvah. Um, and 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 with a person's body, it's like almost the opposite. If you swallow a tame kli and then you throw throw it up later, it's still tame. But if you swallow a tar kli and then you go into a, a, a tent with a dead body, the kli remains pure. So we see that you know, kind of in cer- certain places we say one way, certain places we say the other way. By mikvah, it only removes. By the person's uh, swallowing a kli, it only prevents contraction of tumah, it doesn't remove tumah. So we kind of see, like, you shouldn't compare them. That was more or less what the Rabbanim were saying. So the Gemara was using that as a proof that they don't take effect, that, that when the, since the Rabbanim were saying that's Rabbi Lezer, it must be Rabbi Lezer was trying to use his Gavah Homer to say that if someone revokes his wife's vows in advance, they don't take effect at all. And, 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 and now the Rabbanim are saying back, look, I'll show you a place in Havalacha where a person's body, it shields something from becoming tummy, but it doesn't remove the tumah. So it's clear that the context was whether you prevent something, just like the Rabbanon are showing Rabbi Lezer, hey, over there it prevents it and it doesn't take away, and here you're trying to make a kavachomer, if it takes away, it should be able to prevent. It's not always necessarily working together. So we're up to Ein Vav Amadav, the very top. So Ema Seifa, let's look at the end of the bride. So Amadol the Rabbi Lezer, the Rabbanon again, are, are showing Rabbi Lezer different places in Allah that are not like them. Imat bilin kli tame litar. 
if it's true that you can be you can, you can put a tummy clean into a mikvah and make a tar. Why aren't you able to immerse a tar clean? And and what will the purpose of the immersion be? Why would someone put a tar clean in the mikvah? You'll put it in the clean. You'll put the clean in the mikvah so that if it will become tummy in the future, it should then become tar. So basically, what we're saying is. Why don't we say that? If you could be matar or something, which is Tameh, so, so immersing a Kli should give it the power that when it will become Tameh, it will automatically remove the Tameh. Why don't we say that? So, and clearly we see, you know, you can't do that. The whole power is only once it's Tameh, it can go away. But you can't immerse a Tara Kli and give it the purity that when it will become Tameh, it will go away. So clearly we see, we learn Rabbi Lazar was trying to use this from his Kabbalah, that when her husband is revoking the vows before the wife said it, they're going to take effect and go away. And that's what Rabbanon are saying. Why are you saying that? Because you're saying, Kavachomer, if it, once the vows are there, they can go away. So I could, before I can preempt it by revoking it, that they should go away when they take effect. By a mikvah, it doesn't work like that. You could be matar atomically, but you can't be, you can't, you can't immerse it tarically to give it the power that it's too much to go away once it comes. There's no such halacha. So from there we see, that the discussion was whether it, it goes away after it takes effect, right? So the Gemara says, well, the truth is, you see, the idea is that the Ravonin actually weren't sure what Rabbi Eliezer was saying. And that, that's what's it's fascinating. If you think about it with the mikvah thing, they're saying two different points, right? With the previous, the first part of the Bryce that we looked at yesterday, it sounded like it was a question of prevention. When they were talking about the mikvah, they wanted to know, could I put something in a mikvah that while it's in a mikvah, I can't become Tameh? Or, you know, like a person, when he swallowed the tarakli, it prevents it from becoming Tameh when he's in a Tameh uh, OLMS. But now, in the end of the bride, so they're, they're talking about immediate removal. They're not talking about prevention. They're talking about immersing the tarakli in a mikvah so that when it will get Tameh, it will go away right away. So you see the Rabbanan themselves, you know, what's going on here, the Gemara's answering, is that they just simply didn't know what Rabbi Lazar meant with his Kava Chomer. Did he mean that it should prevent the nether from being Chal? Or did it mean it should go away right away? Kufa, the Rabbanan weren't sure. So that's why that's what they were saying to him. They're covering their, all the possibilities. They're saying, my Sviralach, what do you hold when you're saying that you could be made for an Adarm for the future? If your point is that they take effect and then they go away, then the argument that we just used by the Kli should refute you. Just as you can't immerse a Kli in advance to remove the Tumah that would come afterwards, so too you can't revoke a vow so that when the vow comes, it should go away. And if you're trying to say that the Afar in advance can, can, can prevent it from ever taking effect, if that's your point, then the argument we just made by the mikvah should, 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 should refute you in the sense when the first part of the bride said that if something tar is in a mikvah, it is still able, um, it's still able to become Tameh. As we said by a person, you know, it works the opposite, where if you, you swallow a tar thing, it prevents it from becoming Tameh, even though if you swallow Tameh Kli, it doesn't purify it. So after all is said and done, what we're saying is the same way we don't know what Rabbi Lazar was saying. We're not sure which way it is. The Rabbana weren't sure which way it is. And that's why they were, they were attacking him from both, um, from both possibilities. Okay, so now the Gemara, let's get through one, one more source here. Tashima. Omelam Rabbi Lezer. Rabbi Lezer now is turning the tables. He's going to bring a proof to the Rabbanan that his Kavachomer writes right, is right. That, that if you could remove a nether, then certainly you should prevent a nether. Mazram Tamehim. Imagine that you have seeds that are, are tame. When we're talking about seeds, we mean, you know, some sort of like plant, you know, the idea of the, it, it, some sort of thing, but you're able to, to plant it in the ground. So you have a detached plant. It's tame. It touched, you know, a dead rodent or something like that. There's no question it accepted tumah. 
Kibben Shizarin Bekarkatarin. We all know, very interesting halacha. If you plant a detached plant and you put it back on the ground, once it connects to the ground, like it takes root in the ground, it becomes tahar. That's, it is actually a very fascinating halacha. So the source for this is a pasuk. It says, So I show you the, pasuk, the extra words, Asher Yizara, it means that basically whenever you plant something and you, you vatal it to the ground, you nullify it to the ground, it just, it just loses the tumah. It's called Zriya Vakarakai. You know, you could think about it conceptually, but after all is said and done, it's, it's a din in the Torah. That Zriya, the power of Zriya to, to nullify something to the ground stops Tumah. Um, it might be related in a way to the concept of Taharav Mikvah, possibly. That the ground itself is always a source of purity. Okay, something to think about. But Al-Kopanam, that's the din. If you have a tummy detached plant and you plant it, replant it in the ground, <coughs> it now becomes tar. Okay, great. So now, what if something is attached to the ground and a tummy source is touching it? Does it become tummy? It doesn't say in the Torah. But how do we know? We know that it doesn't. How do we know that though? Must be we're using a kavachoma. Ma, detached plant. That is tummy. But when you plant it in the ground and it reconnects to the ground, it's nullified to the ground, it loses its tummah. And certainly things that are already planted are tar, even if they come into contact with tumah. It must be what the, the Rabbi Lesser is saying to Rabbanan, you apply such logic, you use kavachomers, just like I made by Nadarim, you'll make in another area of halacha. Just like I said by Nadarim, if you could remove an edder, and so too you could prevent it from being chal. I know you agree to that line of thinking because you agree that all it says in the Torah is that a tummy plant, and if you, if, if, if you plant it, it, becomes a, um, it loses its tumah, and yet you agree that that law is somehow the basis for the law, that if I, if I plant something, it, it, it can't accept tumah while it's connected to the ground. Must be, I, I make a kabachomer from one to the other. So it says the Gemara, Shemami no lo For the fact that that's what we're using kabachomer, we see that what his point was that it doesn't, take effect altogether. The point is that it's preventing the nether from being chal, not that it's there and then it's removed. What is the Gemara's proof? What is the Gemara's proof? The Gemara is saying like this, since Rabbi Eliezer is saying a parable for his, um, for, for his Kava Chomer as a case of a tummy thing which is planted and the tumma goes away, Kava Chomer, tumma is not chal on something which is in the ground. That's a raya that the discussion was whether it's chal at all, it's prevented from taking effect. It sounds like the Gemara holds it's impossible for the halacha to be that when something is connected to the ground, it becomes tummy and then it goes away right away. It's, it's definitely not the pshat that the maisa zriya is metaharit after it becomes tummy. Certainly, the only mechanism of something being attached to the ground is that it could prevent tumma. There's no way it could, it could, it could, um, there's no way it will or it should remove it, allow it to become tummy, but remove it right away. Why is the Gemara so adamant about that? Maybe it's like a mikvah, you know, like we just saw for a second ago by the mikvah, the Gemara was entertaining. Why don't we say, you know, when you're, <coughs> when you're put a tarakli in the mikvah, then it, it will remove a subsequent tumma right away. It sounds like there's something about the nature. It's, you know, it's not a mikvah, it's not a purifier. That's not the idea. The ground doesn't purify something. What the ground does is different than mikvah is that it's just in a state of contradiction. It contradicts the tumma. That's the point. It's like, the, the, being connected to the ground is a reason why you cannot have Tumah, more or less. That's the idea. And it, it, it ends up removing, but it ends up preventing as well. It ends up, it, it, it ends up that when you replant something, which is Tumah, since being connected to the ground is just a steer to Tumah, contradiction to Tumah, the Tumah will leave from before. But it will also, and that's the Kavachomer, it will also not allow a Tumah to take effect. That's the point. So we just look at the power of Zriya Lakarka 
is different than mikvah. It's, it's, it's poshit here, when you're talking about Zeriah Bakarka, that the way it's going to play out, the mechanism, is that it's going to prevent Tumah from taking effect. It's not going to remove a Tumah that's set in. That's poshit. So now if we look at it that way, then if we know Rabbi Lezer is using that as a good illustration of what he's doing over here by the, by the Nadarim, so it reflects that by Nadarim, what he was saying is that it uh, doesn't take effect at all. All right, and the Gemara seems to accept that. So we end up with, with a better understanding of Rabbi Lezer. Pshan Rabbi Lezer is that his, the Nadarim that you're made for in advance don't take effect. All right, so now the Gemara comes with another question. What do the Rabbanon hold? It sounds like the Rabbanon. Don't dash in the Kavachomer. They hold no, it's two different things. Maybe annulment is only something you remove, but you cannot prevent the Nadir from being Chal. So the Gemara says, Rabbanon, what the Rabbanon don't use such a line of thinking? Fatan, you look at the bride. So just a little bit of background is that a person can sell his daughter as a maidservant. And then what happens is when she becomes a Nara, when she becomes 12 years old, she goes free. So, Tanya says in the Nara. maybe you would think that maybe a person could sell his daughter as a maidservant once she's already a Nara. As we know, she could sell, you could sell the daughter when she's a Katana, maybe even when she's a Nara. I'm a Kavachomer. I say there's no way you could sell her at that point. Kavachomer, you cannot. If she was already sold before she was a Nara, she was sold, let's say, when she's nine, we say she goes free when she becomes a Nara. So then all the more certain that if she hasn't been sold yet, she's in a state of freedom, you can't subjugate, you can't sell her once she's a Nara. In other words, if being a Nara frees her, it removes slavery, and certainly it stops slavery. That's exactly the Kavachomer. If she's already a slave, the becoming of a Nara removes the slavery. All the more so, then, then being a Nara is a, is a contradiction to the slavery taking effect. That's the point that the, of the Kaaba Homer. So the Rabbanon agree with the logic that if you could end something, then you could prevent it from taking effect. So why don't we say the same thing with the Darim? So until now, we've been seemingly, the Gemara has been thinking that the dispute has been about the basis of the logic. If I could remove something, could I prevent it? What the Gemara now is saying back is, don't the Rabbanon themselves agree to that? So the Gemara says, in... Top of the Amid Beis, you're right. The Rabbanon do Ba'almidavdavshikavachomer. Generally, the Rabbanon agree to that line of thinking with the Kavachomer. If you can remove something, you can prevent it, and that's why a Nara cannot be sold. But Shani Hacha, it's different here by the vows. The Amar what does the Pasuk say? The husband confirms and or revokes the Nadar. And we expound for the juxtaposition of those two phrases, Esha Balaklal Lakin Balakal Hafer. A vow that is already possible for it to be confirmed, it's possible for it to be revoked. If a vow cannot be confirmed, it cannot be revoked. So before a nether is made, it's not in a stage where it can be confirmed. So therefore, it cannot be revoked. Um, it cannot be revoked either. So the Rabbanon agreed to, the Gemara seemingly coming out that the Rabbanon agreed to Rabbi Eliezer. Logically, we would make the Kabbalah And the whole dispute is just the Pasuk, whether or not the Pasuk indicates otherwise. Now, the Ran is actually pretty bothered by this because it comes out, everybody agrees to the Svaris. It's just a question of the Psukim. But then what was all that stuff with mikvah? In that price, if everyone's on the same page as logic, logically, what are the Rabbanon saying to Rabbi Lazar? I'll show you you're wrong, because if you put something in a mikvah, it doesn't prevent it from becoming Tameh. You know, if you, if you put uh, Tarkli in a, in, a, in, a, in a person's body, it could prevent it, but not remove it, all that hack. Everyone's on the same page logically. It's just, it's just Xer Sarkasov. So what, 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 was, what, what was the whole point of trying to show that the Xer Sarkasov is right or the Xer Sarkasov is wrong? So the Ran says back that even in those cases by Tumah and Tahara, it's actually all based upon sukkim that those laws are true. In other words, the, the idea that a person's body cannot remove the tumah, but it prevents the tumah, the idea that a mikvah only removes but does not prevent, all of these things weren't just, lo- weren't just logic. It actually were based on sukkim. So what the Rabbanon are saying is, I'll show you another place where sukkim uprooted what you would have said logically. 
So add this to the list that Nidarim is like that as well. You, Rabbi Lazar, are saying that since logically Kavachomer, if you could remove a Nadir, you could prevent a Nadir, but we're saying that the Pasuk will, will uproot the logic of the Kavachomer, and that's okay. We'll show you other places where Psukim uproot the, that, that same logic of Kavachomer. But the Gemara is explaining that there will be places, though, in Halacha where the logic does stand, where the Pasuk doesn't indicate otherwise. And that classic place is selling a Nara who is a maidservant. Everybody will agree. That, that can't work. You can't make her a maidservant when she's a Nara because if we see that Nara, becoming a Nara removes slavery, certainly it will stop it from taking effect. Okay, so we end that sugya. Now we start a new sugya and this is going to be talking about the sugya of Shemiah. So we know that you can, you can do three things. You can either confirm an adder, annul an adder, or you can be silent. And the Torah says if it's miyomo yom, if it's from... We'll see how to define miyom yom, but let's just say a day's time, a day's time passes, then it's too late to annul the nether. And again, the Pashup shot in this 24-hour passage is that it's an indication that you are good with it, that you approve it. Because if you're not, why were you silent for so long? That's the, the simple shot. We'll see, though, as we go along, it might mean more than that. It might also just be like a, a time frame. It's like a... It's like there's a time that you can annul, and after that you can't. Not because it proves that you approved it, just 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 that itself. You know, you only can be you, you're only able to remove an edger within 24 hours. So we'll see. Anyways, how far is yom? You could remove an edger the entire day. What does it mean the entire day? Halachic day. What's halachic day? Right. So the stars come out. That's the beginning of the day, and then when the, you know the next time the stars will come out, that's the end of the day. It's 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 night to night. So that could come out as a leniency, come out as a stringency. What that means is sometimes we're going to have a lot less than 24 hours to be made for another. It's not 24 hours. It's the halachic day. What's the example? Okay, Let's assume the nether was made on a Shabbos. So if she said the nether on a Friday night, you know, right, right by shul, Friday night she makes a nether. So now you went, what, what's the latest time you can be made for? The end of Shabbos. You offer Belele Shabbos, you have the whole Friday night to be made for. Ubi Yoma Shabbos, the whole Shabbos day. Ashetashach, until it gets dark and, and Shabbos is over because you go with the halachic day. But imagine that, 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 that she makes the nether on Shabbos day, Shal Shudah's time, right before nightfall, she makes a nether. So then you only have a little bit of time. You may only have a half an hour to be made for. Made for Ashetashach. He's only able to revoke it before it gets dark. Because if it got dark and he didn't yet revoke it, he won't be able to revoke it any longer. So the point of our Mishnah is that um, the Afaras Nadarim for a day mean, does not mean 24 hours. It's not about 24 hours passage of time. It's about the halachic day passing. All right, very good. So now the Gemara tells us that actually it's a machlokas Tanya says in a price, you can revoke a nether the entire day, meaning the way our Mishnah understood, whatever the halachic day is. Now we get a pair, a pair of Tanah Mudusu Rebbe, Yosu Rebbe Yehuda, Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Shimon, Amrumi, Ace, Ace. It's all about the moment on the clock until that same moment on the clock reappears. So 24 hours later. My time is Tanakama. Where does Tanakama get? Tanakama get that it's the Allah calendar day and not 24 hours. Amr Krabi Yom Shomo. The language of the Pasik is that the father was quiet on the day, the day of hearing. So what does it mean, the day of hearing? So normally the day of hearing, you would assume, means the calendar day. That's what the day is. Virabanan, the other two rabbis, Rabbi Yisrael, Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon, who say it's 24 hours, my time, I who, where do they come from? They say, look, what does it say in the Pasuk? The Pasuk also says, if he's silent from day to day. What does it mean from day 
today. That's a very interesting language. So we say it means from this moment today until this exact moment tomorrow. So what does that mean, this moment to that moment? It means that time on the clock. So if it's 2.30 p.m., so that's 2.30 p.m. Sunday until 2.30 p.m. on Monday. Ula Tanakama, Haksami Yom Tanakama also, it's a great point. It doesn't just say on the day he hears. It says, it says, Yom Yom, from the day to the day. That implies 24 hours. How is he saying it's only until nightfall? So he says, no, it's trick. That language of the Pasuk is coming to tell us a different halacha. Meaning, really, it's only on the calendar day. I, it says, Yom Yom, but that's telling us something else. If the Torah only told us on the day of the hearing, I may have thought that the day of hearing is coming to say only by day, but not by night. So in other words, the Torah, somebody could say, yes, of course, it's the calendar day. But Stam, there's another halacha that has to be daytime hours when, when that, that, that you could be made for. You could only revoke during daytime hours, not nighttime hours. So therefore the Torah says from day until day, meaning the Torah is telling us that the, the entire night and then day, that unit together, is shy to remove her vows. So the point that we're saying is, is that if let's say you would hear it during the night, you could be made for that whole night until the next nightfall. But it's still only until the next nightfall. It doesn't work. It doesn't work um, 24 hour, 24 hour time frame. According to the ones who says that we learn from Yom Yom, that it is 24 hours, what do they do with the fact that the Torah said on the day of the hearing, which implies only on the calendar day, but not 24 hours? So we're just bouncing the ideas one against the other. So how do, how do they learn Yom Shamo? Says the Gemara, it's No, they say really you have 24 hours. As it says, Yom Yom. Why is it saying Yom Shamo on the day? So it's necessary. Had it said from day until day, you know what I would say it means? From that day of the week until the next time that day of the week comes. So meaning, let's say she does it at Sunday at 2.30 p.m. Instead of saying from day to day means until Monday at 2.30, maybe it means until the next Sunday. You have from this day until the next day. What does that mean until the next day? Until the next time that this day of the week appears. So really you have a whole week to be made for. Somebody could have interpreted mi yom el yom. So that's why the Torah had to follow it up by saying on the day of his hearing that no, it's definitely only one day that you could do it. Just mi yom el yom meant until this time on the next calendar day, 24 hours. All right, so we've presented both opinions and pre- presented their sources and we've, pre- we've pre- presented why they each don't hold of each other's source. So it's a machlokas. The Rabbanon and our Mishnah, the Stam Mishnah hold, you have... You have from, from nightfall to nightfall. And the other opinion says you have 24 hours. Amr Abshimin and Pazi, Amr Abshim and Levi, in Halacha Ka'isazuk. We don't paskin like that, like that pair. We don't paskin like that. We paskin nightfall to nightfall, not 24 hours. Says the Gemara, Levi Levi thought that practically you should do like these Tanaim, that you have 24 hours. Amalei Rav, so Rav says, Hachi Amar Habibi. This is what my uncle said. The halacha is not like that pair, and therefore you should never do for 24 hours. Just want to pause for one second. Is it ever a kula to do like the opinion that it's from nightfall to nightfall? Or in other words, what I'm trying to ask is, I understand how the opinion that you could do 24 hours is more lenient. I understand why. Just do anything, anytime an edda was made, let's just think it through. Unless it was made if it was made like right as the night was starting, okay, then it's 24 hours and nightfalls are the same thing. Fine, they're the same thing. But anytime a nether is made even a couple minutes into a night, so then 24 hours will be more lenient than saying until the next nightfall. So I would expect that the idea is the opinion that says 24 hours is always 
the lenient opinion. There's no way that it's going to create a chumrah, you would think, right? Because it's only going to add time. It's never going to have less time. Either it's going to be until the next nightfall. So that's maybe if a nether was made right as the, day, as the night begins, that will be 24 hours. But any other scenario will be less than 24 hours. If it is 24 hours, it will always be 24 hours. So it's definitely clearly more lenient. There's really a big kasha. I, I can't remember. I think it's from Rabbi Kveger. Well, it's really the Ron really addresses it, but I think Rabbi Kveger is bothered by it. The Mishnah presented when it was saying that, that the, you could do it from nightfall to nightfall, the Mishnah said that could be a leniency and it could be a stringency. If it was done Friday night, then it's a leniency that you have until the end of Shabbos, and it's a chumrah. If it's done right at the end you know, of Shabbos, by Shabbos, you could only have half an hour. It's not really a leniency that if she does it Friday night, you have until the end of Shabbos. It's a leniency relative to what? Not relative to the other opinion. Relative to the other opinion, you always have a uniform 24 hours. So it really comes out that the opinion of 24 hours is always the real leniency, and the opinion that it's nightfall to nightfall, it's not a leniency ever, it's just once in a while it will be close to 24 hours if the nether was made at night. So the language of the Mishnah that that is something is a very difficult language. Okay, so now the Gemara just finishes off with one more thing. Um, how exactly are you made for a nether? So a little introduction, you might remember this more from the, from the third paragraph, is that you could, there's, 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 you could be matter a nether with a pasach, with an opening. An opening is something where the person says, had I known this and this, I never would have made the nether. Then there's a way, there's a way of being matter a nether with regret. Regret is not like a new thing that you, it's not like something you didn't think through that had you thought it through, you wouldn't have made the nether. It's just, you're upset at, 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 your, at what you did, basically. You're like, okay, I made a bad decision or I only did it out of anger or something like that. You know, you're saying that you're something wrong with your state of mind when you made the nether, but you don't have like something that had you thought through better, you wouldn't have made the nether. So that's a weaker form of being matter and So it was actually a dispute if you're matter and with regret or if you need an opening. And now it impacts the way that a person is when they're matter and nether. would shoot an arrow and at the same time, he would speak to a person about whether he could annul the vow, meaning he would multitask. What's the idea? The, 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 the idea is that does the person have to concentrate? Do you have to con- if you concentrate, you can't concentrate well when you're multitasking. You can't be hunting, you know, shooting arrows, and at the same time, um, at the same time also being trying to find out if there's a good Pesach for somebody's nether. Yeah, you got to focus. You got to concentrate. You got to think it through. So if you need a Pesach, so then you can't multitask. But if you're allowed to use any sense of regret, any charata, so then that's not really something you have to concentrate on. You just hear that the person was, isn't happy with the nether, more or less. So therefore, he must have held, he must have held that, that by the fact that he would multitask, he must have held that you could be mater, um, that you could be mater just with, uh, just with a charata. Rabbi Ravuna Yasvakam, similar thing. Rabbi Ravuna would sit or stand when he was annulling the vow. He also holds that Harata is good enough. So therefore, it didn't make a difference what position he was in. You don't need concentration. That's the point. If you would, if you would have to use a Pasach, then you have to concentrate. A, you're not allowed to multitask. And B, you would have to sit down. You can't do it casually. These Amara must have held. You could use regret. And therefore, they were doing, they were being mounted the net in more of a casual way. Okay, we'll stop here.